Um, uh, okay, you want to do the show? Yeah, because I got to go pick up Miri at about 5. That's fine. My kids are alone babysitting themselves right now. They're so adult. of the Friday Night Movie Podcast, where you get to join our family for an hour or so, chit-chat with us, talk about what you would be talking about if you were at our house for dinner, maybe for brunch, I don't know. Today, I'm joined by my sister Becky from California. Becky, how is life in Berkeley? Honestly, today, not great. <laughs> not, not one of my better days. Shai, do you ever um, kind of like imagine how you might react in a certain scary situation? Like, oh, there's a grease fire, which actually kind of happened last time I was at your house. Yeah, Sorry. And how, how, um, did I, how did I how did react? You went, you're like, okay, fire extinguisher. You get it. You put out the fire. Everyone's safe. You open up the windows. You vent the kitchen. So you, and you, you kind throw of out the me. food that gets the fire extinguisher bits well, you in throw it. Out, like, that you scoop out the parts of the food that have the fire <laughs> in it. Anyways, can't wait the whole pot. Um, but you, we kind of are in our back burners of our mind preparing for potentially, um, uh, you know, scary situations. And we know what our protocol will be. Absolutely. So I, so I had one of those today, except I melted into a puddle of panic and cried hysterically. <laughs> And was completely incapable of, of. I I did not have a good reaction. Uh, my 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 daughter and I were traveling up an elevator, and just as we got to the top of the first floor, so keep in mind, we were not even a full story off the ground, which is a very boring part of the story. We were we were not. I mean, we were high enough that I think you could have gotten hurt, but we were not very high off the ground. But and the were you on the first floor, and there was a basement. No, I don't think there's a basement here. No, there's okay. no basement. So there there's, was no... There there's was nothing no... below me. I was on the ground. Okay. Traveling to the second floor. And just before before the second floor, the elevator stops. Now, it stops go, like it jerks or it just goes like... And slows down. Kind of like a slow down. Where I was like, all right, where are the doors opening? And I'm like, oh, wait, the, the doors aren't well, open. Well, you are pregnant. Did you exceed the weight of... Honestly, I might have with the state I'm in right now. Okay, so keep in mind, I am pregnant, and I'm with a toddler. I'm with, like, my my baby. Who's very cute. Who's very cute. And she's getting excited because it means we can press all the buttons that are, like, the alarm bells are going, and we're pressing the alarm bells, but no one is coming. And I try to open up the little door that says phone for, like, to make an emergency call. It's jammed. I can't get it open. I call 911 on my phone. No one's picking up. By the way, Oakland... Please pick up nine one one. It's what? very important. No one picked up the nine one one call. Isn't there like an, an an emergency call button built into iPhones even? Yeah, but I think it just still calls like nine one one. It doesn't call like iPhone nine one one. Like Apple doesn't have their own fire department dispatch to come save me. It just like patches you into <laughs> oh, okay. like, the local. <laughs> it doesn't go to Palo Alto when no. you're in California and a bunch of guys in white. Apple lab like, coats. Like, bar guy pick lab <laughs> That would be amazing. Okay, so at this point, I'm just shouting through the elevator in the hope someone can hear me on the outside. 
eventually someone does. They're like, don't worry, we're calling 911. Three people have to call. It takes many minutes, many minutes to try and get someone to answer to the point where someone goes into the street to try and hail a police officer because we're just stuck in this elevator. <laughs> so at that point, I just basically stopped breathing. Like, I, I like was hysterical and my my daughter which was a terrible example to set for my daughter but she was fine she was laughing she was pressing all the buttons she was having so much fun i gave her my phone since no one was picking up anyway she watched shows she loved being trapped in the elevator the whole ordeal lasted about 20 minutes fire department eventually came they got me out they got me out in like a like they just they basically restarted the the elevator and it went back down to the first floor and open and listen i know beggars can't be choosers but was part of me hoping hoping they would open up the elevator with a crowbar and i'd have to like pull us out like oh. yeah or come in okay. through the top like john mcclain and die hard i was very happy to get out and in the safest and easiest way possible but a small part of me was disappointed i didn't get to have them you know crowbar the door open and then do like a rescue like once we're in it that would have been a little bit better that that would have been super fun anyways all i wanted to do the rest of the day is take naps but instead i ate chocolate bars but whatever wait hold on what chocolate bars (laughs) i ate a crunchy bar i ate a crunchy bar bar and a bunch of pastries like a cadbury crunchy bar with the yellow honeycomb in the middle and the chocolate on the from europe or from canada like none of this like bs american version of cadbury's like a proper foreign cadbury bar that's oh that's i actually keep a secret secret stash of them for emergency situations like this when it's like okay mama needs some some comfort food do you know mom and dad used to have those secret secret stashes of the club price before it was costco boxes and i remember discovering them and i used to just walk over and like grab a score bar or a crunchy bar whenever I walked by and then eventually I took the whole box and hid it in my room <laughs> in my like in my closet like behind my sweatshirts I just had like a 48 pack of score bars <laughs> just reach in and grab them by the socks Bar. Anyway, so you know that's that, it. That's and intense. Well, it was, a, it was a it was a rough way to start the day. That's wild. How are you doing, Chai? Well, <laughs> I'm I, not in the state to to ask about other people, so thank you. So there is. So I don't know if you've done this yet, but our sister Lily, who is not on this episode today, she has discovered the the beauty of AirPods, which I'm not that into, but she loves her AirPods. And there's this, like, game she likes to play when you call her and mom's visiting where one of them gets one AirPod and the other and the other one gets and the other one gets uh, the other AirPod. But the problem is, is that only one has a microphone. Yeah, I'm aware. So while you're talking to one, you just hear the other one yelling in the background. (laughs) But at the uh, on the other side, so then today I was talking to mom for a while, and I said, "Wait, where's Lily?" She's like, "I don't know." So I, so then I said, "So Lily is walking around her apartment, just listening to this conversation like it's a podcast." <laughs> mom and me. But Lily, but Lily loves to leave people voice messages, so I feel like she would be into that. Just yeah, listening so I think, to other I think, people. I think Lily was into it. So. What mom and I talked about, though, is relevant to Friday Night Movie because Lily, because mom says, oh, I saw this movie, Otherhood. 
You really need to see it. And then Lily pipes up. She reappears and pipes up through the AirPod. Mom, you can't recommend this movie to someone because you don't know what it's like not watching a movie with you. Because mom's always at the movie that she's yeah, yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Lily's like, this is a movie to watch with mom. <laughs> so she said, she said, I don't know if it's fair to recommend this to other people, mom, because you've never watched a movie without yourself, which I think is a very cool metaphysical concept. So then I said, well, mom, tell me about the movie. Pitch the movie to me. And she said, the movie is so good. You'll like it, but your wife will definitely like it. It's about these three mothers from Poughkeepsie's whose son are best friends and marry these women and don't call their mothers and ignore them. And I, I felt like about her. Like she's yeah. identifying too much with these characters. Right. So, like, ma- so then mom goes, so I said, Mom, what the hell kind of movie is this? Why would I want to watch this? Like Yenta porn. And mom and mom and mom says, This movie's like my life. And I said, Really? This is like your life? We spent the last hour on the phone. And not- <laughs> Exactly. We had just spent thirty minutes on the phone together, just like talking about random things. And I said, This is what this is how you think about me. And then mom's laughing. And then she goes, I'm just trying to get a rise out of you. I love getting a rise out of you. I love you so much. And I'm like, too late. Mm-mm. You're just Mm-mm. paddling back now, mom. <laughs> yep. So I highly recommend people call Lily or my mom and have a conversation with one with the other in the back. back. <laughs> but we're not recommending otherhood. We're recommending Calling a very specific scenario of having a chit chat with Vanya while Lily listens. Exactly. But what I'm really here to talk about today is to once again, we should tally this somewhere. Give Becky Corman the yeah. I Told You Show honor. Now, for those who are listening, new listeners, I Told You Show is the highest honor you can get in Friday Night Movie. This is when you recommend a show to someone, and especially if they're like on the fence about the show or they weren't even going to watch it, and then they come around and they end up loving it you must appear on the show and give that person an i told you show and call them a genius and becky has the most of these of anyone in the family becky you are a genius the righteous gemstones on hbo is a terrific show and how terrific is it we are going to spend the next few minutes talking about yeah so i would love to know from i have my reasons why i think it's so good so you might just want me to like continue to riff on them to talk about how smart you are. Yeah. But I'm very interested to know what mi- – because you told me to watch this maybe after the second or third episode. And I, had only, I had only seen two episodes. So I'm now six episodes in yeah. and the season okay. is not finished airing. And I, I think it's a terrific show. But what made you after – I was sold after one episode we watched together, but I still had some questions. What made you, after season two, commit to saying, let's watch this? Because we watched it together. You rewatched the first episode so we could watch it together. Okay, so, and that actually, I was going to bring that up and saying the fact that I recommended something so early on when I hadn't seen its full potential, on the one hand, is very risky. But to me, this felt like a safe bet because if you look at the Danny McBride who created the show and stars in it, if you look at his progression as an actor and a creator, each of his pieces builds on the one previously and I think corrects something that he hasn't gotten quite right. You know, a little bit of empathy that's missing, a little bit of connection with the character, a little bit of... of, um, 
maybe development um, that seems to like kind of be missing. And then in his next attempt, it, he corrects it. He gets a little bit better. And having just seen Vice Principals, I'm like, okay, this is another opportunity to step it up and try and make it that much tighter, that much better. And what I saw in that first episode is laying the groundwork with incredible actors for what had potential for fantastic storytelling and character development. And, but, and it, oh, sorry, yeah. I was going to say, because oh. you just set up the premise of the show. I realized we just went right into it. And you didn't. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about it so long. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll do that. Okay. But, 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 okay. So, and that'll actually lead into my second point of why I actually was like, I'm, I'm going to go all in on this, not even having thought that deep. So it's about, um, a family that runs a mega church. So one of these churches where there's like 50,000 people at like stadium sized seating for their services. And they're super, super, super rich, multi, multi-millionaires, you know, mega church family. And it's a father and his three children. And then each of their families. Um, and it's, it's really about the family dynamic. And I think this idea of you are meant to be, um, you're, they, they represent all these really good values, but are they good people? So it's not about religion. It, it, I, I wouldn't say it's actually specifically about religion at all, but it's about this idea of like what we present to the world and then what's actually going on behind closed doors and that, um, and the friction, you know, and, when you, and I would add, spaces. and I would add the motivations and how motivations change and you might think one thing is motivating someone and then when you get to know them you realize there's something else behind that and mm -hmm. so this is where i am with the show the show that first episode i thought was terrific because like you said first of all I, I don't know if HBO qualifies it as a comedy, but I actually really think it's a drama that has some very, very funny parts. But to me, it's Danny McBride graduating from yeah. sort of fart, not fart joke, but like awkward, sort of awkward rural America fart joke humor, which like maybe we started with or like celebrity culture humor that like he, he did in um, Eastbound, Eastbound and Down. 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 Yeah to something that is a lot deeper and a lot more vulnerable and that first episode really that first episode really drew me into okay so this might not just be a joke show about a bunch of like schmoes being silly with each other uh or, or some siblings just competing with each other and 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 just being a dark comedy this might really be about something else and as the show progresses there's a moment in the show where there are these uh, characters uh, blackmailing him because they have a videotape of some terrible thing that he did and some sexual adventure he had in his spare time with his buddies. And there's a point in the show, it's actually at the end of episode three, where I turned to Allie and I said, I'm really loving the show. The acting is amazing, but I really don't want this to just become like a heist show where it's about the it's about the kidnappers or whatever, the blackmailers figuring out how to rob a megachurch. And it's really about that and their crime going wrong and everything that can go mm -hmm. wrong with that. I was like, oh, just please don't let it do that. And then an episode, I want to say it's episode four. In episode four, they did an episode that focused almost entirely on Adam Devine's character. Adam yeah. Devine, who's amazing in it, as the younger brother, who's amazing. the most who's the most sympathetic of the three characters. For and sure. It's, and it's all about him as as the youth minister, as a youth group leader, trying to convince this girl who's from a rich family, who's kind of a 
going through a bad seed phase and trying to convince her to join his church youth group. But it's not like, you know, again, it's not about religion. It's about the the way it's presented as a bunch of kids doing something positive together. Right. And, and he's trying to keep her away from this grody boyfriend and the arc of that episode of, I think another show or another period in Eastbound and down, it would have ended with, Adam Devine's character looking like a fool and doing something really embarrassing. And in the end, what you see at the end of that episode is Adam Devine's character show this girl that there are good, reliable people out there that are looking out for her. And there's a whole relationship with his friend, um, who, who's amazing. I, even, I can't even deal with who is that person? Who is uh, he? His, his character is, so, is amazing. But there's up. this there's this little line at the end where he where he says to his friend, you know, you're you're my all time best project in the sense that because he helped his friend out from a bad sort of a bad existence. Mm-hmm. He was sort of I think and and how he he really is this. I mean, I hope it continues to be. He's this positive influence. And I think for me that character who's so disrespected by his siblings getting a whole episode where at the end of it, you're like, Oh wow, no, he's, he's a good guy. He's not perfect. He's spoiled. He's a lot of things, right. but he is actually trying to make a positive difference. And there is something lives. that he cares about, which, which gives, okay. And that's like something I want to bring up about the characters where I feel like Danny McBride and the other writers have, have started to really understand how to make these complicated, frustrating, annoying, almost um, people work is that, there has to be something that anchors them in the real world if they're going to be so out there. And for Adam Devine, it's that there is something that he cares about. There's something like, or give them each something that they really do care about. So for him, it he does like being a youth minister. He's good at it. It's important to him. With Danny McBride's character, he can get away with so much of like the insane stuff he does to me because he has a family and you know that he cares about something. He does ultimately care about his kids. He does. So he's not just some like terrible, wacky person who's solely selfish and like, you know, like I just we'll get into how amazing that character is. But it works for me because there's a balance. There's something also, you know, ramping it back down and, and grounding it a bit. Uh, and I, and I, yeah. Absolutely. And I, so then they follow this episode with Adam Devine, which I was like, wow, this was the episode of the season. In my head, I was like, this is as good as this show's going to get. And then, they, then they start this, then they do a flashback episode where they show you the characters when they're younger. And uh, the, none of the main actors other than John Goodman and um, Walton Goggins are really in the episodes because they have kids playing them and they give you the origin story. Now, I have to say, I watch a lot of shows that do origin story stuff and I usually... Ugh, I would say for the most, most part, annoying worst episode. So annoying, and and Aaron Sorkin's like obsessed with this, right? Like all of Aaron Sorkin's show will like show you the, you know, show you the lives of these people like a year and a half ago, and it's mm-hmm. you know, and like how did the writers on Studio sixty in the Sunset Strip become producers? Like not you know just super worthless backstory. And this episode was masterful. It it gave you so much empathy for John Goodman's character, who so far is this very hard, not likable person. But they show you his view of the world when he was simpler and more um, and in love with his wife, and when he's imagining them being these rich, right. you know, these rich people, and he talks about having a roller coaster on their land and having all the kids live on the same land. Right. What it and, actually turns into right and and and, it, and that that comes true but it comes true in this sort of crazy 
crazy way. But you know, it kind of remind you know it reminds me in some ways in the, the in the one of the reasons why I connected to the, with that scene of him as a younger man envisioning this future for his children is I think about our dad and I think about our dad and how he always like is thinking about like how can I do the best for the family and but, you know but and, it's all parents right you yeah. sit around with your spouse and you think about how can we create the best life for our kids and the best future for ourselves and it's a very um relatable fantasy moment right exactly now these guys you know don't exactly behave right. perfectly and they get this crazy but i want to talk about the walter goggins the walter goggins walton goggins character in that episode as well because it's kind of meant to focus a little bit on him it had been referenced previously oh he's just a con man and what's great about that episode is that you really get to see him performing his cons right and you know and how poisonous he can be. Right. When they first introduce him, he's this sort of charismatic old preacher type guy. He seems guy. like a dummy. You know, he just Ooh. seems like some washed up idiot. And then when you see him manipulating his sister in a horrific way, horrific oh. way, he manipulates his sister. And his nephew. And like, it's. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's That's a terribly, right. it's like a terribly like corrupting scene but mm -hmm. it is quite funny when he convinces his nephew to get drunk at <laughs> his drunk. sister's birthday party but um, he's really you you walk out of that episode being like oh wow this sort of lovable character that stole the show in the last episode is kind of a terrible person um and i will give credit again another place that these origin episodes fail me is when they cast younger people playing the older actors and they'll cast them oh they look like them or they're a good actor but what was magical about the kid that plays the young Debbie McBride is how he nails the intonation of like the way that Dan, that like that that the character Jesse speaks, which is like the Debbie McBride kind of very sharp, confident, but totally absurd statements. I was like, oh. Holy shit! This kid is actually doing it. He sounds like him. Oh yeah, yeah and I, I really enjoy that. Absolutely, that 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 that's a really special episode. So then, I'm getting to episode six, and I'm singing. I'm saying to myself, I'm like, okay, they just had a peak episode. Now, episode six wasn't, I think, as as sort of engrossing. And I will go into that later when we get into LVPs, MVPs, and LVPs. Well, well but the last <laughs> scene of the last scene of episode six where John Goodman is watching his daughter actually perform and sing on stage, which he had never let her done before. Right. Oh, that's not like the last, no, no, the last scene is, uh, it's something else, but, oh, okay. but okay. it's the, the end. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Now I don't remember that, but it's towards the end of that episode yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and you see even his heart soften and you yeah. see him remember his wife and you see his and you see and to me that that to me actually is like in a very weird way like a very family moment as angry as you can be with family members and as grudges and things and damages that you have there are moments where you remember certain things and you remember why you love people and John Goodman just by looking and he doesn't say anything in that scene is so good and so i i think this is this show is this show snuck up on me, but you called it from the beginning. You know who also called it? Josh Usheroff, our guest from our last oh, episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. He loves the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, so. I love it. Um, and we talk about best moments and why we just love this show. It's for me, it's the way Danny McBride, I said, 
these absurd things <laughs> total lies that he says with complete confidence you know it just and the way and it's like sharp and short these you know four yeah. or five more little things just car pranks baby yeah why he well, he's making an excuse as if car pranks are a thing that people do <laughs> as if he has a secret group of friends he plays car pranks with and this is a nor like the way the levels of crazy that go into these lines i <laughs> eat them up when the car when the car's like flipped over and destroyed she's like that doesn't sound like much of a prank people nearly got killed and he goes yeah that wasn't a good car prank but my next car prank is gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll fill it with shaving cream maybe i'll fill yeah. it with <laughs> all right let let's hear um Let's hear your MVP, LVP, and your MIP over the course of six episodes. This is tough because I have to say, at the end of each episode, I could give you an MVP. I know. That's how much I, I'm impressed with um, My... Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I know my LVP and my MIP, but it's really hard for me to pick an MVP. Uh do you want to go first? That's why they pay you the big bucks. Oh, That's why I get paid so much to do this podcast, right? Because I'm making the calls. I'm making you got to make these choices. You got to make these choices. So I'm going to – so my MVP, I'm going to stick with something I said early on. My MVP has to be Walton Goggins. And, the, and and then this is again. This is not to take away from Danny McBride or Edie Patterson, who plays his daughter, um, or Eddie, Edie, whatever. Her, her I think it's name, Edie. Or Adam Devine, or 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 John Goodman. But here's the thing about Walton Goggins. I'm a huge fan of his ever since he played downtown in Major League Three, back to the minors. Um, but more so, he was in the Shield. He was Shane Vendrell. <laughs> He was Venus Van Dam in Sons of Anarchy. He was the absolute incredible Boyd Crowder in Justified. When that guy is on screen, he steals the show. And when they introduced Baby Billy, his Baby Billy, the the his character, mm -hmm. it just it just it it filled a not a gap but it leveled up the show it's so good that they left him for the third episode or so to come in yeah. because i think if he had been in the beginning it would have like overtaken it and 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 i think he's just an amazing actor and i think especially that they've revealed the complexity of his character he that ingredient his ability to play charming sympathetic and evil is going to make that character work so well so i'm gonna stick with walton goggins as my as my mvp okay so i'm gonna pick as my mvp adam divine calvin because i think that is a great a, choice i think there's a lot more to him like I, we learn more and more about him and he's actually pretty level-headed and he's pretty smart and I think the way he handles his brother and sister is actually the most mature and I so I think he is plus a, his, a really his good, glasses are fashion plus he's so fashion he's <laughs> so glasses. fashion and he's so funny he's so funny I love him and the only reason he's my MVP is because my most improved player my MIP is Jesse Danny McBride because Already in six episodes, he's gained so much depth, 
so like he's already transforming and and that comes in the role of him dealing with his um son his, his, his estranged son and you really see that happening and also how he turns to his siblings and connects with them but anyway we you know that the sibling relationship so i, I actually that's why he's there and my lvp is scotty is the uh, is like the villain, the quote unquote villain, because yeah, and that will go into and, and like and my and my reason behind that is when we talk about where the season goes, I can talk about more why he's like my least valuable player. But, but I would say this: I, I think Scotty as a character is the least valuable player. Scott Mark MacArthur, the the actor who plays him, who was amazing on the Mick, oh, amazing, amazing on the Mick. I I think there's just a weakness in the way. That they're that they've written this character. I think they have made this character annoying, and I think that they've sort of let Scott MacArthur play all of the qualities you didn't like about his character. I think yes. it's Jimmy and the Mick, yeah. without what made Jimmy and the Mick, and what frankly shows what makes Scott MacArthur, I think, a really cool actor is that he was able to play this like low life character but who actually made sense and was a teacher and a mentor. Scotty so far is just like a horrific person. Right, and I agree. And I, I like the actor. I like previous things. He's, I like, I've liked him in previous roles. It's really the character. And for me, the actual main problem with the character is that I still don't know why he and Gideon are matched up. Why are they working? There's no motivation for me of why they're tied together. Gideon does not seem... To have any reason to need, if he wants to blackmail his family, great, or steal from them, great. He usually, I don't understand why he needs Scotty and why he takes Scotty's abuse. Here's where, here's where I think this is going. I think, I think Gideon ran away from home to be rebellious and be a stuntman in Hollywood or be an actor in Hollywood, and Scotty became his mentor, and then Scotty, for reasons that might become more complex later but right now just because he's an opportunist decides is the one really behind the plan blackmail to blackmail the parents and i think part of why gideon relies on him is that gideon for reasons that we're starting to see has a broken relationship with his dad and didn't have someone to look up to and 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 i think scotty played that role now that gideon is back with his family and his dad is reaching out to him a little bit I, I it'll be interesting to see where his loyalty lands sure but i think they have gideon and scotty acting like playing on such opposite ends of the spectrum i don't really see where they meet in the middle Gideon oh, right. is so and that's really like the chemistry is not there for me between those two characters i think the actors could bring it if they were there just seems so um polar opposite and then i don't even have a good motivation or backstory like i don't know maybe giddy if i knew gideon owed him money you know something simple like that or had a debt or something it might make it might make a bit i, I more think sense maybe to me. and you... i hope i hope they tell us or do something because i'm not i don't feel like enough thought was put into that He's right he's, one, he's one dimensional and annoying, and <sighs> just and 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 in, and frankly, that element of the show, the blackmail plot, least is not is well. It's not the most interesting thing. The most no. interesting thing in the show is the most interesting relationship dynamic in the show for me is Judy the sister's desire to be part of the company, yes, and her pushing her way with her siblings. It's Kelvin's journey as a youth minister, and it's the triangle of the father the brother of 
John Goodman's character, Walter yeah. Goggins, and now the mother who passed away. Yeah. Like, for me, the blackmail plot is sort of like, eh, it's sort of the obvious plot was, of, oh. Uh, well, it was just a funny way. If they had left it as a funny way to bring the three siblings together, that would have been good enough for oh, me. Got you know it, what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I say when we think about where is the season going to go. I want to see the three siblings continuing to get close but not sacrificing any of the amazing bickering that takes place because their bickering. Well, if there are three siblings they could learn that from, it's you and yeah. And it's, I think that's why I see us in them. I want to see them to continue to bond and have shared experiences like running people over with their cars. <laughs> and um, not, we've never done anything like that. Sorry if that was like a weird. No, but we have reference. definitely crashed mom and dad's cars. Like, Oops. in like I ran slid, off, slid off of icy road. Knocked over a lamppost once. I actually backed up into a post uh, two days ago and knocked it over. But my car was fine. The post was not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot to mention that one. <laughs> don't tell Vlad. Good thing you right, listen so, to the podcast. So where do you hope the season goes? No, I, I hope I hope we continue to have storylines that push the three of them closer, closer together. And then with that, get to continue to experience the hilarious bickering. That's what I'm most interested in right now. I also... I'm uh, shipping Keith and Calvin, so I'd like to see something happen there. I I think that I think I feel like that might be where this is going, and that would be very interesting. That would be very interesting, and would be within the dynamic. Like the family would have to deal with it, and as opposed to the the sort of extrinsic thing of this tape that they're using to blackmail, it's something that's more internal to his character and yeah. his relationships, and less like a stupid thing that he did. Yeah. Um, the I I think I'd like to see the blackmail thing resolve, but it I think it probably is going to resolve by being made public and Danny McBride's character cast out and there's going to be a redemption arc because I just am imagining season two opening with like him living in some crappy motel somewhere preaching in like Las Vegas in some place and having to earn his way back into the family. All right. I like that. I like that. That, that, That's where I see that. That's where I see that. I can see that. Okay. Your Rex and your shout outs. What are they? Um, uh, Rex, Rex, Rex. What? Oh, Rex! I have a great Rex. Um, of the Otherhood. <laughs> almost. It's so good that I watched it one day and then the next day insisted Vlad watch it in front of me so I could watch him watching it because I was having so much fun. Um, the Between Two Ferns movie on Netflix. Oh, I wanted to watch that and Ali refused. First of all, so first of all, it is so 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 good it's so funny and it's like an hour and a half it's super short and the best part of the movie is the lot is a like five minutes in the credits is just bloopers which you only really earn if you watch the whole movie to like see all the interviews throughout the movie to then get those so don't just watch the bloopers watch the movie earn the bloopers so good That's oh my amazing. god that's a I great watched rec- it two, i watched it two days in a row not just like I that, saw it twice. I saw it, and then the next day watched it again. That is a great wreck. Yeah. Uh, so, A, shout out to Josh Asheroff, because he, he doesn't get an I told you so, but good taste. Due to your elevator event, I'm going to recommend a movie <laughs> that I would say this is the definition of a rent. This is not a 
This is not a buy. This is not a four-star movie. But this is a movie that was way cooler than my expectations. And this is a movie called Devil. The story was by oh. M. Night Shyamalan, but it was directed by somebody else. It takes and place in an elevator, and there's a it's, devil in the elevator. It's, okay. it's, the, it's, the movie, it's the movie that takes place in an elevator, and an elevator that's stuck, and one by one the people are, like, disappearing or mauled yeah. by, like, some ghost. And I actually really enjoyed this movie. And it's an hour and 20 minutes long. I'm so happy so, my suffering was funny to you. No, and it's got some cool actors in it. It's got Chris Messina. It's got, yeah, yeah. It's got Jeffrey Arend. So I, I think it's like for an hour, if this was a two-hour movie, I would say it should never exist. But for an hour and 20-minute movie, and since we're talking about elevators, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. And It's called Devil? The, yeah, devil. And then the other thing I'm going to recommend. Yeah. This is this is a sort of a, an obvious regular recommendation from us, but the Goldberg season seven is back, uh, and the, oh yeah. the the first episode was in the theme of the TV show of the movie Vacation, and I was dying of laughter. It is great to have that show back. I, I'm that's, I'm going to be watching that to help me continue to re recalibrate after my event. Yeah. It's 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 very very funny, and there are some really really great, in particular Jeff Schwartz lines, in that episode. Uh, but in general, it's a great episode. All right, Beck, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Paper BK Princess. Next time I'm trapped in an elevator, I'll make sure to let all of you know. I'll tweet it out. Probably faster to get the fire department's attention that way. So, yeah, that's where you can follow me. Shy, where can you people can f- follow you? Well, you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table. So Pancake Four Table on Twitter and Instagram. And you can um, follow all of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on um, uh, Twitter and Instagram as well, or Friday Night Movie Pod on the web. And our theme song, which will kick in momentarily, is by What Does It Eat? If you want to hear more of me, I am on two other podcasts. One is the Gold Nerds podcast about the Goldbergs. And the other is Behind the Behind the Music. We are taping season two right now, Ash and I. And we just finished taping the Tom... Uh, no, yeah, we just finished the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers episode. And we did the TLC episode. This is going to be a very good season. All With right. That, I wish you uh, a good evening. Love good you. Evening. Bye. Love you.